episode of the Classic Pickup Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Whips, and I hope you enjoy this episode. This podcast is sponsored by Classic Pickup Supplies, your number one Ford and Chev pickup parts supplier. Mention Classic Truck for a 10% discount off your first order. Classic Pickup Supplies, located in Coolum Beach, Queensland. Call 07 5446 2667. Or visit their website, www.classicpickupsupplies.com.au. Classic Pickup Supplies, dedicated to the restoration and preservation of the pickup. Episode 76. Yes, this one is long overdue. Apologies, everyone. It's been a very long time since we had the last episode come out. Um, So this episode, uh, we talked to Anthony Winkleman from Trick Custom Fab really good episode um apologies to anthony we recorded this probably a month ago and uh and as has been my recent form it's taken me a while to get it out but uh here we go and it's um really good chat um i hope you guys enjoy this one uh i just wanted to address the fact that we haven't had any episodes for quite a while you know it's motivation and and things like that and and just finding time and and running a business and i've just got to a point where it's just it's becoming tricky for me to um, to balance all that and then have the enthusiasm to spend all the hours that it takes to do this stuff. So I, I need to apologize as well to Jamie Smith, um, who we recorded uh, just after probably Bright Rod Run last year. Um, Jamie, you'd know him on Instagram as jmedia1. He's got a really, really cool um, Ford Slick. Uh, so Jamie, uh, I've messaged you as well, but... Um, something's gone wrong with the recording I've, I've tried to sit and edit it and get it all worked out but we're, i've lost half the audio so we're gonna have to do that one again at some point um but we will do that so i wanted to just um touch base on a few things and then and then you can have this episode to listen to because you've been waiting a while for one um the classic pickup roundup that we did last year in november at the edamoga pub so that was the thursday before the bright and yarrawonga rod runs so planning to do that again, uh, the date will be Thursday, the 9th of November. Uh, we started a bit early last year, I think, so we've learned from that. So I think we'll just make it from 5 till 8 p.m. So if you're in the Aubrey wodonga sort of area, you can finish work and come straight down. And if you're traveling down uh, from Melbourne or Sydney or wherever you're coming from, uh, we can just aim, aim for around the 5 5 p.m. Uh, obviously that time of year it's daylight till about 9 so we just hang out um, check out all the trucks and there's a bar and restaurant so you can grab a beer and walk around and then you can uh, sit down and have a meal which is what we did last year with a whole bunch of guys and it was a really good turnout so looking to do that again hopefully a bit bigger and better and get as many trucks as we can down there um, now something I did want to reach out and have a chat to you guys about if there's anyone else out there who who might be interested in either one or two things. One, maybe taking over this podcast. If, you, if you're enthusiastic and you think you are interested in podcasting and doing that sort of stuff, um, you know, give touch base with me. Uh, I, can, I can help you transition and we can do it that way. Or 
if you're just someone who just thinks they'd be interested in maybe doing a few interviews and then submitting them and then I can put them out, happy to look at that as well. Um, I'm definitely not in a position where I'm going to start putting them out weekly again in any time soon. So if anyone else can jump in and either help me with some content or potentially even take it over, uh, that's a conversation I'm happy to have because, you know, I think... I think what we've done so far has been awesome. There's a really good body of work. There's a lot of good information there, and I get a lot of people contacting me, uh, especially recently, sort of saying, you know, what's going on, and and that people love the episodes, and and I totally hear you, and I appreciate it. But it's finding the time and the energy for me. Anyway, that's enough of that. Um, this is Anthony Winkleman from Trick Custom Fab, and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Uh, Anthony from uh, Trick Custom Fab, mate. Thank you for joining us here on the podcast. How's it going? Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, it's going good. Going good. Very busy. No, that's good. Um, I'm sitting here in the shed and it's raining, so we're going to have a little bit of background noise and I'm sure it's not raining in Brisbane where you are. Nah, it's always sunny Queensland, mate. <laughs> good stuff. Mate, um, thanks for reaching out to me. Um, you know, I'll probably talk about this a little bit in the intro, but, you know, I haven't done an episode in six or seven months uh, for a variety of reasons, but uh, great to have you... You know, you're one of the first guys that's contacted me and said, look, let's do an episode. And I said, sure. And then we've, you know, we've rescheduled a couple of times, but you, you know, you've been on the ball and you've been like, hey, we're still good. And I'm like, yep, it's been easy. And I appreciate it because a lot of the time, you know, I spent a lot of time running around trying to, trying to get things to happen. So thanks for your, um, you know, just for your attitude and your enthusiasm. Obviously, it crosses over from your business and everything you do. So thank you. Yeah, man, no, it's good. It's, I think you, you're under a good thing. And, Everyone appreciates when you do do the podcast. So it's good to get it back going again and get everyone interested and keen and piped up to get some um, get some more trucks out there. Yeah, it's it's so funny. I just I become such a hypocrite because I I listen to a lot of podcasts myself, and you know when I'm like, God damn it, when's the next episode of that podcast coming out? And then I'm like, Oh, <laughs> people in glass houses, you know, <laughs> same, same thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly right. uh, cool. So yeah, mate, life gets in the way sometimes, man. It's oh, I'm pretty sure everyone understands. Yeah, it does, you know, and, you know, like I've said this a thousand times, but I mean, you know, hosting and running this podcast actually costs me money. It doesn't make me money. You know, anyone that thinks exactly. anyone that thinks people making money out of a podcast, unless you're um, in that top 1%, you know, it's it's a labor of love and, and I love doing what we're doing now, just talking trucks. So, you know, yeah, it's all good. We all share the same interests and, and all understand. So it's yeah. good to get everyone else on board too. Yeah, for sure. So, mate, take us back, you know, Anthony, as a young bloke, you know, what was what were your influences early in the piece automotively? Like, was that was that your father or was it an uncle or was it a neighbour? Like, what? when do you first remember really noticing cars or bikes or something like that? Um, well, back in the day, when I was doing my trade and everything coming up, it was always, I was always heavily involved into the drag racing scene, so... All my stuff was all small, fast, big roll cages, big tyre, big turbos. And then, I don't know, I sort of, it was literally the day we got married and I turned to my wife. I was building a little Datsun 1200 sedan, full chassis tube car at the time. And I just said, but I just want out. I don't, I'm not interested in it anymore. I think I loved more the, more the chase than the thrill. I, didn't, I used to get a bigger kick out of building a car than I did actually racing it. So, sort of <clears throat> going down the track a few years later, like the business still did a lot of stuff with roll cages and chassis work and 
sort of drifted away from it a little bit because there was a I, I I love the work so much, but it's it's a it was a labor of love more than a than a business proposition at the time. So anyone would know that does work on cars. You can never ever get 100% back from what you put in because you always try and go that next level than what you can actually charge. So it was always a case of you know we wanted always wanted to get back into it. Didn't know how to do it in a way that. Um, that our time was valuable as such as, you know, we're not having to book in cars all the time. There's always something to do on the side for a bread and butter thing. So that led to a few things and then always loved the American muscle car pickup truck scene. And then we ended up getting a couple, uh, Matt, the guy that works for me, pulled my arm into getting a couple of trucks over from the state. So we got our first couple in, built them, and then we sold them and moved on, kept kept sort of buying and selling, and then we get onto the building side of it. And then we just pretty quickly learned that there's not a lot of options to get these components from Australia. Like literally, no one's doing a lot of this stuff in Australia. So there was a there was a hole there that needed to be filled, and you know we sort of hold our own standard as high as possible. So to be able to bring our own products to the to the Australian market was something that, that was really interested that we were really interested in doing and the way that we can do it is probably bigger and better than I've ever been able to you know dream of doing it previously. So we can do it all all our stuff's developed on the computer and via um, fusion software so it's all you know, we can make the whole thing move and articulate everything we want to do is all established before we get to build it so it's just cool we always wanted to yeah bring our own products to the table and here we are yeah the the world's changed as far as what's available to you know even small industry like yourself where you sort of that used to be the stuff that ford would have maybe or you know like the big companies yeah. but you know that technology now it's it's so much better so those first few trucks you brought over and built what was the, what was the style of build then? Was that an LS swap or a three fifty? Were they no. static or what were you doing? No, we never. From the day dot, and I still do it now. We never ever bring in anything that's been touched. So we bring in as original as possible because there's some pretty wild Mexican engineering that goes on over there, which I'm pretty I'm pretty sure everyone has seen before. Like a lot of stuff gets done in driveways on jack stands and. Uh, you know, Sawzall is probably the most useful tool that they got over there. So it, it, there's a lot of stuff that we we knew to avoid and the easiest way to do it was to have our guys over there on the ground just get picked the most original and untouched trucks out there. So, yeah, they, they sort of, we bring them in. They were, they were rough around the edges, but they were just generally a good truck, rust-free. Well, some of them were, some of them weren't. But, you know, stuff that we could fix, build and then move on and then just sort of, Get a bit of a, a bit of a bankroll going, so to bring us to an ultimate point where we could start. Okay, well now, you know, we're at the point where we don't want to bring in the trucks anymore. We're more concentrating on building the trucks for for us and other people. So yeah, cool. And and you seem to have really picked that. You know, you got the the sixty three to seventy two era, and then the seventy three to eighty sevens. Like, is that kind of where you you sort of trying to specialize? Obviously, they're kind of the more popular truck at, at times like 
is it is it a case of just get those get those designs locked in first, and then maybe down the track you'll expand? Yeah, yeah, correct. So it's always the case when you have, you know, a, a can of Coke, someone would want a can of Fanta. So it for us, it's more important to make sure we've got the ground roots right to make sure we're doing our products are the best that we can do, and then we move on from there. So for example, you know, we released our 63-72C notches and um, straight away we had all the square body guys going, oh, you know, we want some for square bodies, we want this for the square bodies, and so we go, oh, all right. So I was panicking around and, you know, designing stuff like we, we got a got a hold of a uh, square body chassis and sort of trying to bounce in between the two. And I just went, you know, like, there's a lot of stuff that can translate over and it's not too difficult to change in between the two. Like our fuel tanks, for example, the main part of the fuel tank is is the same we just changed the bracketry and the filler points and a couple of little things to make it work and so that's that's okay but when it comes to you know front drop members and rear clips and everything like that we're just sticking with the 63 to 72 for now and then yeah we'll get we'll head towards the square bodies and now the ford guys are sort of reaching out and saying hey we want some stuff for fords and stuff and so yeah sky's the limit we just got to chip away it's, it's all good and well to release a thousand products but if you don't stand behind all of your products then what's the point yeah and you, you really need to get the first one built as a prototype someone puts it in their truck someone you know and then you know oh you've got clearance issue for this or you didn't realize that and then you go back and you adjust to the point where you go right oh now we can just market that as a yeah. a, a bolt-in or a welding product that you don't have to worry about yeah because that's, the, yeah, that's the easiest way to get a negative review, isn't it? Like, oh, they push you to do something, you do it pretty quick, and then it goes out and it's not right, and you're like, oh, yeah. fuck, you know. Well, and it's the same thing. Like, I'd never I'd never sell a product to someone to test and charge them to test the product. So we've got two trucks here. We've got a 65 and we've got a 69 at the moment, and all of our products are tested on, on the trucks. And our 65 will be the ultimate build. It'll have everything on it. Um, the 69 is sort of a halfway mark so it'll have a few of our products and but still keep it an original cool little cruiser um but i'd never you know i'd never release a full chassis square body without driving or owning the chassis myself first so that's the sort of the grounds we cover i just make sure it's fully tested make sure we cross and cross check and triple check everything um do all the strength tests that we need to do to get it right yeah so am i Am I following right? Most most of the gear that you are putting together at the moment is for static drop. Um, so you, you're getting the, you know, getting down lower with the equipment you've got, but it's not necessarily like airbag stuff. No, well, we're we're always edging towards the air ride stuff. So we've got at the moment we've got stuff that will will be air ride, won't be complete chassis drop. However, we do have our front cross member and our rear cradle, a rear clip already done, which they're already built, ready to go on the chassis. We just, we've got to get another car off the chassis jig to put the, the truck chassis back on and get that working. But it's all ultimately air ride. So our C notches, for example, compatible for coil and air ride and airbags and our trailing arms are the same. You can have them on both and they incorporate the, the lowering block and stuff like that. But it's important for us that 
people don't understand, okay, if I put a C notch in, it'll lower it this much and that's it. Like, there's a lot of other stuff that needs to change as well. So, we're trying to build it in a way that, you know, our centre cross member, for example, people know that if they get it so low, the centre cross member is a low point. So, we've made the cross member, we've made trailing arms. So, we're sort of working in stages to get to the ultimate point where it'll be full lay frame, full chassis and all the fruit. Yeah, and I mean, those era of trucks are just built so much easier for doing that stuff than yeah. than the you know the earlier stuff that I deal a lot with because yeah, <clears throat> yeah I mean you got the the front basically the front beam that's just you got to throw all that out and and find some kind of an independent front setup whereas you know like even your trailing arms they're sort of designed you know you see them in America they just cut the coil out and put a bag in there and it kind of works. Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah, mm. there's there's provisions for a lot of that stuff, which is really cool, and that's what um, <clears throat> a lot of the stuff from the states, as old trucks are, they're all twisted and and every every truck's got their own little, you know, their own little tweak about it, and every chassis's that little bit twisted than the other, and it's probably more so for us about making them stronger and making them because everyone's LSing them, everyone's you know putting some horsepower in these things and. The twist that they have as a factory chassis is, is pretty full on and pretty scary once you actually see it. Um, so it's the main thing is yeah, just to, to make them stronger, to get them low. But the main thing is making them ride nice too. Like a lot of people tend to throw that bit out the window, which is the most important part. It's overlooked far too much, and yeah, it's all good for good and well to sit low. But what's the point in sitting low if you can't drive it and enjoy it? Yeah, yeah, it's either bumpy as hell or it sways all over the joint like a yep. lifted 80 series, you know. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's really cool. And I see, you know, you've got your fuel tanks now, classic pickup supplies. Um, guys up there in Coolum Beach uh, are holding them in stock, are they? Yeah, they, they're on a wholesale deal with us. So <clears throat> them and we've got also got Luke from Soham Custom and Supply. He's also in Brisbane. He also sells our stuff as well, so they generally hold a bit of stock here and there. Um, and yeah, if it's, if it's something they need, we're happy to to get it done, get them straight to them. And yeah, but yeah, anyone can go to them and get a few of our products. Classics, more or less, don't really go down the chassis route. They're more of the the fuel tank and restoration side. Whereas Luke does a bit of everything, and he does a lot of the LS stuff. So. A lot of our other stuff converts over to his stuff as well, so it's yeah, it works well. Yeah, yeah. If you if anyone needs an iron block, go see Luke. I'll tell you what, yeah. he brings them in Cars, by the brings them in by the container load. No, yeah. that's awesome. And and you so did you get up to the um the pickup trucks down under? Um, yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell us a bit about that because I haven't, you know, I I don't know if it's probably not that much public knowledge, but so I I had. My wife and I, we hadn't been on a good holiday for a little while and she's from Brisbane originally. So we, we spent a lot of time living on the Sunshine Coast and, but now we're full time back in Victoria. And we keep saying, oh, you know, we need to get up to Queensland. Hadn't seen her family in a while. And there's this new airline started, um, flying out of Albury, Wodonga, out of Albury. And they fly from Albury to Maroochydore direct. So it's a 45, 45 minute drive for us to Albury and we're at the airport and then, two hours and five minutes and we're landing in Maruchidor. And so we were just like, oh, yeah, let's just book some flights and go on a holiday. And we just picked a week and just blocked it out and went, yeah, we're going, booked it all, 
And this was before um, John <laughs> had released the dates or anything like that, right? <laughs> so this airline, um, they fly Mondays and Fridays. So, you, you know, like you fly up a Friday night, you can come back on the Monday. Um, I think what we did was we went from Friday to Friday. So we flew up on a Friday night and came back on a Friday night. So I've got it all booked in. Awesome. Fantastic. John o releases the dates. And it's the Saturday after I fly out. And I'm literally like, I was standing there with Ben and Robin at Classic Pickup Supplies. I've, I've got the brand new t-shirt on. Junior's parked out the front. They're getting everything set up for this big show tomorrow. And I'm getting on a plane to go to Victoria. Yeah, to go. Oh, yeah far out. That was a killer, man. Was... You missed a cracker, dude. It was a great day. It really yeah. was. They did an awesome job. Yeah. Uh, it was a really good. I think we... I think they ended up with like 86 trucks or something like that, which is, I think it topped the charts of a pickup meet. So it was good, man. We um, we sort of, we cruised up. I took the Hulky, which is our green 69 GMC. Um, so we drove it up and we met, we met probably halfway um, with Junior and, the, and everyone sort of met there. I think it was probably half of them that met, met up there at a Bunnings car park and managed to cruise up with them all the way back to Classic. So it was really cool, man. And we took a few products up there and had them sitting in the back of the truck just to sort of put on display and get the awareness out there that there is people that are doing this stuff here. And, yeah, it was, no, it was really good. Hmm. No, I mean, you know, that, that southeast corner of Queensland is really, you know, and it always has been um, really good for that sort of, building trucks and, and guys doing things, you know, like even in the early days, um, who was the guy that was building chassis and stuff? I think he went out of business after a while, but he was he was based down that way. And, yeah, I just feel like for years and years, there's been a really strong scene around that Brisbane sort of yeah. region. Yeah. yeah, it is. And there's a lot of really cool places to cruise to, which aren't too far away. So, I mean, the coast, the coastal route, as you know, up here, it's... it's um. It's awesome. There's some awesome roads now. Everything's getting fixed, so there's roadworks everywhere at the moment. But <laughs> there's a there's a brighter future ahead, that's for sure. But that was good. The meat had a heap of mix. Like there was Fords, there was um, <clears throat> there was Chevs, obviously. There's some GMCs, and there was some little um, little Scouts that were there that were really cool. So it was a lot of different stuff, man. It was really good, really. And across the era too, like there was a there's a heap of fifties trucks as well. So it was, it was really good to see. Yeah, and I, I think that that's the part of this whole industry that I love the best is, you know, if you're in the Volkswagen scene, for instance, you know, it's going to be a Beetle or a bus and there's only a small range of stuff. But when you get the, especially when it's not just a Chev show, but it's just a, a truck show, you know, you you get the internationals and the Dodgers and, you know, yeah. I, I love when a Studebaker turns up. Like just stuff that you don't see every day. Yeah, and, yeah you know, like. I noticed that you guys, I mean, you almost could call yourself GMC specialist. You've had a bunch of GMCs come through yeah. your shop. Yeah. We've, um, I don't know why it's like it's never targeted that way. We've just always stumbled across a, a better GMC than we would have had a Chev. So that's cool. Like we, <clears throat> we know both of them inside and out. They, they're the same thing, essentially. There's a couple of little, little minor details that change amongst the two. But yeah, we've just had. Big Blue, which is a a blue blue GMC that just came back. It's 68. It's just come back here now for a big revamp. So we're doing Beach Fest this weekend, isn't it? 
So we're driving it up there on Friday, doing Beach Fest, and it comes out for a, a big, big birthday. So it'll be pretty cool to see that thing change even more. Yeah. And so so have you guys had that build from the start, or what's been the story with that? So I bring that one over as a personal import, and um, the guy that owns it now, he was... Um, he missed out on my first one, my first GMC that I sold. And he said, oh, let me know when the when the next one arrives. So literally the day it arrived, we, we waited for a while for that one to get over. I think it took about four or five months. By the time it got here, it um, I think we had it for a couple of days and it was already sold as a complete build. So unfortunately, I didn't get to do it, but it was also nice to be able to build the truck my way for a customer. So he shared the same vision and, we got to execute just a just a really cool truck for for a customer. Yeah, cool. So what what did you do to that? So that was a, like a resto mod, um, nothing crazy. Started off as just a bit of body work. The body was a bit of a mess, so we did we had a whole floor pan put in that thing. Um, new cab corners, new rockers, um, bit of repair work in the, in the bed as well. Someone in the States, cut some provisions out for some sub-tanks on the side. Um, so what we ended up doing is we did a... We weren't going to do it. It was sort of going to be a closed-door respray because it was pretty honest. It was pretty good. But as we pulled it all apart, we just sort of went to the new owner and said, look, man, this thing really deserves a paint job. So we we did. We gave, gave it a full spray and we just... It was a C-notch, just a C-notch loan kit. We did like a C10 conversion on it, so got rid of the big Dana at the back, put a put a 12 bolt in it, LSD, um, ripped the big block factory big block truck, so we pulled the big block out. It got a it got a um, thumper cam and set of headers, a set of pipes, front you know, front disc brake conversion, and it's sitting on 22 GM transits, which is cool because I don't think a lot of a lot of people get that era with 22 transits here in Australia, so it was pretty cool. Like we did the we did the whole conversion on it, and the main thing is he just he drives it. He he's up in Rocky, so he loves it, drives a lot. So now we've worked out fuel consumption's not that great with a ridiculous cam and a big block. So it's come back. It's gonna get it's gonna get some fruit in it, get a bit of our gear in it, and um, yeah, get him back on the road. Yeah, it's um it's amazing like. It's almost like you can, you know, like a kid's got the lunchbox kit, you have a Prima and you've got a banana and you've got a muesli bar and a sandwich, right? <clears throat> it's almost like you get a truck, you're going to do the floors, you're going to do the cab corners, you're going to, you know, like, and then, yeah. you know, it's almost like, and and everyone you, I talk to, like, you know, we're, this is episode 76, I think, and there's not yeah. one person who, I think, expected the rust to be as bad as it was or... You know, like it's always Pandora's box, and you know, I think, you know, like you say, probably just to tidy it up, bit of a closed door respray, you know, and then yeah. you've got the thing stripped apart. Everything's like now's the time. You may as well do it, and and you, the next step and the next step, and before you know it, um, yeah, the wife's asking how much the, money you spent. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. <laughs> but the, the best bit is was. That, because he did share the same vision, it was more of a quality thing than a than a budget build. So it was always, you know, why wouldn't we do that? Or, you know, what's to stop us from doing this and blah, blah, blah. So 
it went back and forth and we should have shared some ideas with the new owner and um yeah it, it ended up being exactly what i would have built for myself like it is an awesome truck it came back today and i think it's just past 12 months now where we handed the keys over it come back today and it still you know gave me shivers up my spine it was still the truck that i still would build today yeah that's awesome and i and i think something that you know people can learn a bit about is especially when you're buying you know like i i spend my whole life dealing in 47 to 53 trucks so they normally don't run and even if they do you wouldn't want to drive them you know whereas you get into that era you know they've got a decent engine in them they've got okay suspension in them like they don't drive too bad and you know get the truck get it on the road drive it for a year and then decide what you want to change and then you know you can gradually do it rather than you know with these earlier trucks guys just tend to get it it gets blown apart and it doesn't see the road again for five years and it's really and hard to stay motivated yeah and they've missed the best part of the truck is driving it in its original state like our 69 gmc is a perfect example man it's a factory aircon factory big block truck and we drove it all the way to coolum didn't miss a beat leaked a bit of water but did a water pump when we got back and it but it's as it was over there one owner truck over there rust free truck and it's just the coolest part like we use it as a work truck like i went and picked up a welder from the repair shop the other day with a with the gmc it's just cool they're just so nice to drive and they've got character that's the best part yeah yeah and i mean that's that's why i'm a patina guy and i'm not going to bang on about that i've done that a million times but um you know like this the um you know like where some bloke's arms sat on that window a thousand times and worn the paint off like this stuff i love that stuff and you know as you get into the the newer stuff even the square body stuff like to find a full patina square body it's probably been mistreated to get to that point but yep. but to get that worn worn og look i think is is really cool you know like the you can see where the keys have been scratching the paint when you unlock it and, yeah you know they're the little things that you might fix them but I, you know in my mind i wouldn't because it's part of the story of the vehicle you know well you, yeah you can't ever get that back either you can always repaint a truck but you can't ever get that original wear back so I, I'm with you there, man. I, there's nothing like a cool patina build, that's for sure. That's what that's what the GMC is going to be. It's we're going to leave it as its factory, factory paint. Just clear it, preserve it, and yeah, do some other chassis mods. But I'm I'm with you there, man. Love a good patina build. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so did you did you get down to Cooley Rocks? Uh, no, that's this weekend. Oh, that's this weekend. Coming. Yeah. yeah the organizers have managed to probably put three of the biggest events on the same weekend. So we've got Cooley's Rocks down south, then we've got Winter Nationals at Willowbank, and we've got Beach Festers up the coast. So for us, Beach Fest is that little bit closer, um, and probably probably more more people we know head up that way than we do down south. So we've got a couple of trucks that we've we've done some work on there heading down to Cooley so it's cool to represent down that set down that way as well but yeah we'll be we'll be heading up with with blue um to yeah, to beach fest up the coast yeah cool yeah i got a, a bunch of crew down here that i feel like i was talking to them two weeks ago and they were heading up next week so i thought they had already been on <laughs> <laughs> well they're actually there's a heap of people there already now so it's yeah. it's on now so it wouldn't surprise me man some people get there early 
Yeah, yeah, no, that's pretty cool. No, it's um, we've got the Bright Rod Run, which is, you know, for me is our big local event because it's is really not that far away. But um, yeah, there's a handful of good events down here. It's it's just getting bigger and bigger. Like the whole the whole scene just keeps growing. It's it's awesome. Yeah, and the, and the people associated with it too, man. It's totally different. Like like I said before in the intro, that uh, my background is sort of the drag racing and and motorsport side of things, and it's a very different. Very, very different group of people, very different dynamic when they all get together, like truck guys, uh, truck guys and, and girls, sorry. Um, they, you know, they're all just cool. Everyone wants to hang out. Everyone wants to check out each other's trucks, whether it be wild or mild as. It's just it's just a really cool vibe that everyone's given and everyone's been really supportive of what we're trying to do as well. So it's always good to have that backing. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, um, is there's a limited number of Builders, we were talking about this before we started recording, and you know there, there's a limited number of builders who who are doing really high quality work in this country. And when I say that, I don't mean there's not many of them, but there's it's just been such a growth that you know I know I know a lot of guys down here in Victoria that you know they they're doing really cool builds, and and I chat to them and they're like, yeah, I, I've got a three year waiting list to get a truck in here, and you know it's it's so healthy for the industry it's healthy for you know part suppliers you know you guys are selling your fuel tanks they're going to go out the door and you know it's you may not physically build the truck but you're part of the process and and there's so many guys like i know now i know now talking to robin and ben the other day they've got a guy here in australia building truck beds you know complete truck beds built here in australia you know yeah so that's that's a whole shipping cost that we don't have to worry about anymore. Correct. And, and it you know, keeps the industry here too, man. So that's what we're big on as well. And that seems to be the rapport across the across the board that, you know, they would prefer to pay twice as much as they would if they could get it here in the country. So I'm not saying we're charging twice as much. We always try to compare with the with the US market, which is pretty hard given how shit our dollar is. But um, it's just, I think, the Aussie pride thing comes into it a fair bit to keep the industry here. Yeah, there's there's that, but then there's also so if I just get onto Brothers Trucks or LMC or whoever it is, and I order a fuel tank for a Chev truck for an LS or whatever, it gets here, and there's something wrong with it. Like now, what am I going to do? You know, I've, yeah. I've got this headache. Whereas I buy one off you. I mean, I'm not going to expect anything to be wrong with it, but if there is an issue. You're here, and I can just send it back, and yeah. you can send me. You know, you can fix it. You know, so I think. 100%. You know, that's that's where we we are slowly building our way into doing things, and and the other thing is, especially if you're building a right-hand drive vehicle here in Australia, and you're putting, you know, like American stuff's great, but a lot of their stuff's built for left-hand drive. Yeah. You know, for the steering column to be on the left, and all that sort of stuff. And you know, I know from personal experience, you got to get the right headers, so you're not. You're getting in the way and your engine mount can't get in the way or something and there's all the little things that if an aussie company is creating that then they've already thought about that issue yeah correct exactly right so same like you'll come across it there's, and there's no other way around it but to rectify the issue so we've had it happen with a few with a few crossovers in not not so much the right hand conversion side of things but um like for example you might have like a guy wants a, a Ford fuel tank for for example and 
his right-hand drive and his fillers on the other side and blah, 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 blah. So it, it, to be able to provide that customization as well, like we can, we're able to get the info from the customer, can supply them a 3D drawing, send it to them for approval, they give us the tick, then we can build the, the builder stuff to suit. Um, you're not going to have that over there. And a lot of the consumables too, it's all very different over there. It's harder to get some of the stuff over here done. Um, like power steering, for example, is a big one. Over there, you can buy a rack, you know, a Mustang 2 rack from Walmart. Over here, everyone's scratching their head going, oh, you know, where do I get it from? And then you've got the weight, then you've got the, the cost. And it's it's a lot harder to build the same truck over here than it would be over there because over there, like I said, it's like going grocery shopping. There's, there's truck stores on, on every corner. Just about, you know, you can you can go there and build a truck even if you don't have a, have a chassis. You can build one from ground up. Yeah, yeah, like literally brand new truck. You know, yep. it's, it's amazing. Like, especially, <clears throat> I know there's a couple of companies now building every conceivable panel for one of these, you know, early 40, okay. late, late 40s, 50s trucks. Like you can buy a brand new cab and sheet metal, doors, everything's welded together it's a 2023 model truck basically and yeah i mean that opens up its own issues in in some ways that maybe i'm not a huge fan of but it's um you know like the it's you know the volkswagen bus guys i think that's where it all started because you can you can just literally have the the vin number off the off the tag on the volkswagen bus and you can buy every other part and buy a complete build a complete new bus just from from scratch and yeah. You know, and you can say that you've got a 1950 barn door Volkswagen bus, but but you don't, <laughs> you know, but yeah, you've got you do. That look yeah. Like one. yeah, exactly yeah, right. Man. Uh... We're the same. It's the same. Exactly the same. Especially now that everyone's doing, you know, a lot of people are putting in the portable stuff and it's all like there's not really anything left of your original truck. Like, original is always cool in my opinion, but when it comes to throwing horsepower and stuff there's always a there's always a spot for that as well yeah yeah and i mean look there, there's a million ways to skin the cat isn't there you know like you can go bone stock original or you can go full-blown resto mod and and i guess most people are somewhere in the middle there where you know maybe you want the original paint but you want it to drive nice or maybe you you know the other way around yeah it's yeah it's so cool it's um and it's cool that there's something there's something for everyone you know, we've got a, a lady up here who's built a, a Chevy pickup and she's adamant as keeping as original as possible. So she's gone to the extent to find an original fuel tank and the original brake setup refuses to go drum brakes, uh, disc brakes, wants to keep a drum. And uh, there's a massive respect for that as well because it's just keeping the heart of the truck where it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, was it episode two or three of this podcast was was this guy named rocky who lives here in town and he's got a 57 gmc um the ones with the fiberglass um carryall maybe it's called but so it's it's a gmc they had a pontiac engine in them uh the the beds were made by corvette from fiberglass so they're like a cameo um like yeah, the chevy cameo and so he has got the original pontiac engine in it he's got you know everything is completely correct color coded you know he's an old 
whole panel beater spray paint of blood trade and like everything in that is era correct like he's got he's got like a upgraded carby but it's not upgraded for now time it's upgraded for 1957 so it's like <laughs> a it's what a hot rodder in 57 would have put on it and yep. you know like it's still not finished he's still like he's still he's just got to finish the bed off but I wouldn't want to know how many hours and dollars are in this truck and you know he's he's in his late 60s at least you know like and and he'll never take it to a truck show he he'll never take it to a car show because his experience of those things is that some kid leans on it and someone touches it and scratches it and so it's just his pride and joy the guy doesn't have facebook he doesn't have instagram he's not trying to please anybody except for him and it just blows my mind the passion, you know, like that's just passion. That's all that is. It is, yeah, 100%. Man. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. You can't buy that. No, no, it's full respect, you know. Like I I couldn't do it, you know. I'm like, uh, chuck this in because it's a better product. It's going to drive yeah. better. Like that's what I would do. And, you know, I'm pure, obviously not a purist, but, you know, they're out there and, and it's, it's cool because that's the sort of car that could then go get used in a movie because it's actually correct for an era, you know. Yeah, yeah, 100%. <clears throat> I, I get a kick out of watching movies that are, ba- you know, like a oh, 1963 movie, you know, a, a 60 Chev truck rolls through and it's got like 20 inch trims on it or something. I'm like, that wouldn't be correct, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, how the hell? Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it's cool. So, <clears throat> so you sound like you, you find a cool truck in America and you import it yourself. <clears throat> And then you kind of build it, and then it gets sold. Like yeah, that's how we started. That's how we started. We sort of we're not going down that route anymore. The it's such a like from a business point of view, it's such a cash flow heavy um, way way to do it, so to speak. Like your money's tied up for months before you even get it here, and then you've got parts, and then you got the build. So we yeah, we love building trucks, and it's it's where we're gonna where we're going to keep going towards that's for sure um the parts that we build will ultimately be the parts we want to be able to fit to our customers trucks um but as for the whole i'm not a car salesman i I hate the point of selling cars i get attached to every single one i do even the customers builds that we're doing now there's still a huge part of me and what i put into them and what we put them into them at the shop it's sort of it doesn't stop at, at an invoice, if you if you know what I mean, like I always try to keep the relationship, even with the guys that buy parts. You know, I I want to see them. I want to see our parts in their trucks. I want to see them getting the biggest benefits out of them. I don't want to just you know be a business transaction. And, and I'm not I'm not not about that. I'm, I'd rather have the community around it and get the vibe going and get everyone keen to just to to build some cool shit here in Australia because we can do it. There's there's no reason why we can't and. A lot of our stuff, I believe, <clears throat> is a superior to what we can get from the state. So there's no reason why it should be a thing that we're we're not able to keep going that way. So the GMC you've got at the moment, was it called Blue? Uh, Blue is a customer's truck. That's the that's the one we built uh, last year. It's just came back now, so it came back for some more stuff. But um, I've got a '65 C10 long bed in the shop at the moment. It won't be a long bed when it's finished. It's going to be a cut down, cut down truck. But, um, so we've got a 65 in stock and then we've got the 69, which is called Hulky, 
So Hulky's got it's the factory aircon, factory big block truck, one owner truck, like a deceased estate over in the state. So we bring it over here, as original as possible. Same thing, drove it on the trailer. It's just awesome, man. Like we, it's still driving now. We we did a water pump in it um, earlier this week, and it just probably I got a HSV Senator, and it's probably more reliable than. Then my LS made it, it doesn't stop and it's just comfy to drive. <clears throat> and you get all walks of life, like even Blue. Like Blue's got the big cam, it's got the big block, it's got the, the pipes, like it is loud, it's got attitude. But it's got twenty two, so it's a little bit of a little bit of a flare on a on a factory truck. So <clears throat> when I was saying to the to the new owner, I was I did some test driving up here before we handed it over and we were getting, you know, 80-year-old women waving to us. At the same time, we'd have a little 12-year-old boy just, you know, with his fist in the air going, hell yeah. So it was cool. We get we get that, like to have that range. I don't think there's anyone that looks at an American truck and just goes, oh, you know, what a shit heap. It's just there's so much respect and love for him here, and it's just cool no matter where you go. So so which one of which one's yours that you're keeping? Is it is <laughs> that's, that's you know, a that's funny a, one. So that's what yeah. I'm trying to I'm trying to ask you. Oh. <laughs> What's your oh, no, which man. one's it, your truck? <laughs> if it was up to me, I'd keep them both. Like we've got, I've got the 65 and the 69. The 69's running. That's going to be up for sale soon. We will be selling that one. Um, we are bringing something over that will be for me and my family, and that'll probably be the last one we bring over for a while. But um, the 65 is supposed to be the shop truck, so that's the sh- that's the truck that we want to be able to demonstrate 100% of our products on the truck. So it'll have it'll have all of our stuff. Um, it was originally going to be a small block truck, but I think the way things are going now, if you're not doing twin turbo LS, there's something wrong with you. So it it may end up being something stupid like that. I'm not sure yet. We're still just concentrating on honing on to the chassis components itself get that perfect and once we do that then we can start releasing our products based off that truck so i think it's always good from a consumer's perspective to be able to see a product on a truck you know go to shows drive it up the coast down the coast make it reliable because everyone's got this misconception with air ride that um it's come a long way obviously but um, the reliability side of it and the, the driving side of it, it's not as shit as what people think. Like, they're actually really comfy. Like, we had a customer just in recently who bought a little 66 from down south, drove it all the way from Sydney with chopped springs and sitting on bump stops, and it's now cruising around on a full ride tech system down at Coolies, and it drives unbelievable. Like, a little small block thing, and it's just a really nice kit. Um, drives unreal. Like, you would drive it all day, every day. You'd have it as a daily if the fuel consumption wasn't so rubbish. But um, I think, yeah, so the 65 will aim at probably the the highest end of the market in saying that it'll, you know, it'll have all the fruity tyres. Like, we're trying to get it like a 24 by by 14 on the rear and a a 20 or 22 on the front. Um, Lay frame, do, do everything pretty much interior full bed lift up lift up bed just have it as a full show spec truck with all of our products on display yeah and I, yeah like I, I think that is important um, you know for 
for a shop who's got products like you're saying there's always that danger like i know a lot of truck builders who don't have a truck because you kind of get to a point where either a you haven't finished yours and all you do is build your customers trucks or you build your dream truck and then someone offers you too much money and you sell it to them because you can build another one but then you never do so yeah, correct yeah yeah so especially <clears throat> time man time is so important especially when a small shop like ours like if we're not building stuff, we're designing stuff. So if we're not designing stuff, we can't build it. So it's kind of going to go hand in hand. We, It's all good and well to say, oh, yeah, I'm going to build my truck. But time spent building our own truck is time lost productively. So a bit of a balance. Like we've got to – we've sort of got to keep the workflow going. We've got a lot of work ahead of us, which is cool. Um, but we want to predominantly get to the point where we can expand – we can get a bigger shop, we can get more trucks in, get more builds going, and then, you know, one of us can drop back and and start bringing up the 65 and getting that ready. Yeah. Yeah, it's all about billable hours, which is a hard thing to explain to people who aren't in, in their own business, but it's, um, it's amazing how much time you can spend during the day that you can't bill a customer for, you know? Yeah, 100%, man. Yep, 100%. A lot of people are starting to see it, which is cool in a way. Um, but it's even just stands past that too at night, you know, we're always researching, always doing stuff behind the scenes, just trying to, trying to get value to the customer. They feel as if they can walk away and know that, you know, it's not something that's just slapped together by, by a backyard. You know, we've been, I've been in the business, we've had the business open for about 12 and a half years now, 13 years and touch wood. We've never had a day where we're scratching our head going, what do we do? Like we've always got that work behind us which is good and and for us it's all about quality too you know there's no point like i said earlier releasing products that are half-assed like if i'm not happy with something it just won't get released as simple as that as much as people want it and are screaming for it if it's not up to par it's just not going to leave the shop so you so you you've got in-house cad design you've got in-house cnc you weld your own gear you install it into stuff so you you kind of you're not relying on anyone for, for the work you're doing? No, we don't have in-house CNC just yet. That's that's probably a big goal to get to get our own laser cutting and our own CNC stuff. Uh, big expense, big running costs. Like you, to get to that point, I think it'd be pretty cool because um, then we're not having to wait. You know, At the moment, where a lot of our stuff's getting laser cut from a third party, which is good. Like, we feed them their, their stuff, they cut it for us, it comes back and it's good that we can actually hold stock of products so when it comes to build time, it's all there. We know how it goes together and it's it's um, fairly straightforward, but yeah. No, that's awesome. I, you know, like I think as a customer, so I'm building the Suburban, I'm building my truck, um, we've got another little build on the go. You know, having... Having guys like you here in the country who who can build and supply stuff rather than having to go and order it from overseas, you know, it's just it's just a positive for everyone. You know, I think it's awesome. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, we, look, we're trying, and we're not, you know, we're not on a one-way street down the truck road only. Like we've got a front end at the moment that we're doing for a '54 Chev, which will be a really cool build in the end. Um, all air ride stuff, but it's. It, for us at the moment, like I said earlier, that to concentrate on the one avenue is probably a better way to focus than having to 
spread your wings, take on the world and can't produce the world. So um, trucks is definitely the passion, that's for sure. I'll, I'll never stop having trucks. Um, but yeah, at the same time, we've got to keep the doors open. So there's only so many trucks out there. And a lot of people are wanting to do the DIY stuff, which is cool. i got I got a bit of respect for that stuff as well. Um, as long as they're capable. That's the main thing. Like a lot of the C notches are, are a welding notch because up here, bolting's a huge no-no. Um, everything's bolting over there in the States, whereas over here it's a no-no. So we've seen some pretty interesting ways to put our components into chassis with, with the welders, but each to their own men. If, it's, if that's what they do to get theirs passed and they're happy to do it, then that's fine. Um, yeah, for us, as to build the parts themselves, I think um, it's easy enough to get carried away and and just do everything. You know, we're not a we're not an everything shop. Like I'm a realist. If I can't do it, I'll, I'll tell you. But a lot of the customising stuff, that's what's appealing for us. So we've done a few trucks in the you know, 50s models trucks that want some custom tanks done. We've done a few of them now. They send us their dimensions, we, we send them back a, a full 3D image of their tank, all the drawings, all the measurements, they sign off on it, we build it, and then it, that's all good, like, that's just fuel tanks, you know, it, that can stem across anything, really. Hmm. No, that's awesome. <clears throat> so, if guys want to get hold of you, um, you know, you've got a, a really good website, um, so that's just trickcustomfab.com.au? Yep, that's the one. Yep, and you guys, uh, you're on Facebook and Instagram as well? Just yeah, Trick Facebook, Custom Insta. Yeah, man. Yep. Yep. Trick yep. Custom Fab is the Insta, and then Trick Custom Fabrications is the Facebook page. And I'm, I'm always on it, man, so I'm still answering messages now, and still in 9, nine o'clock at night, so it, it, it doesn't bother me. I love it just as much as they do, so keep them coming. Not a drama. Yeah, awesome. Well, mate. Thank you so much for um, for chatting to us, and you know if if you guys are listening to the podcast and you know you think one of these products is going to work for you, just you know get in touch with Anthony and um, and support an Aussie business. You know, like I think the the more we can do that, the more this industry can thrive, and you know, and we can just keep blowing everyone's minds when we turn up to a truck show every year, and there's there's three, four new trucks, ten new trucks, like you know whether it's a suspension part or a fuel tank and who knows what you're getting from somewhere else. But, you know, just if you can get something locally here in Australia, um, you know, it might cost you more at face value, but by the time you've shipped it and then something goes wrong and then you don't realize the import taxes, like there's a lot of things that, um, you know, especially if you don't have experience, can catch you pretty quick. So I'm all about supporting Aussie businesses. So great job, mate. And, um, yeah, you got our support. Yeah, thanks for having us, man. And, and goes for you as well. Like anything you guys need or any requests, anything like that that you guys are chasing that you'd like to see done here, we're always happy to help out. Like, yes, if we may not be doing it right now, there's something that we can definitely put in the portfolio to do in the future. So just sing out. Mm, awesome. All right, mate. Well, thanks for your time. Thanks for having us, man. Well, that's the show for this week. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. All information shared in our episodes is general and you should contact your engineer for advice on your build. 
Please remember to rate and review the podcast on iTunes and share it with friends and fellow enthusiasts on Facebook, iTunes, or the good old word of mouth. I appreciate hearing feedback, good and bad, so please feel free to shoot me an email, classicpickuppodcast at gmail.com. If you are interested in advertising on the podcast and have a relevant business, please get in touch. And finally, if you have a project you're building, it can be hard to find the time to work on it. Just spend 15 minutes a day, even if you only unbolt one panel or mount one bracket. You'll be amazed at how quickly it all adds up. The music you hear in the background of this podcast is called Hammer On Down by Uncle Bonehead. Until next week, enjoy the ride.